0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and we have coverage across all of our channels to keep you up to speed as we make our way towards the finals. Make sure to check out the Ringer NBA show for daily coverage of the games from each series, and theRinger.com to read Kevin O'Connor, Dan Devine, and the rest of our NBA experts break down every key matchup. And don't forget to tune in every Sunday evening to the Bill Simmons podcast to hear Bill and Ryan Russillo's NBA reactions from the weekend. As always, these can be found on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch, Mister Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First
1: battle Season One Champion, Michael Horn. The King of Sad Stop. The Silver Lake Heart Throb. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy.
0: This is your real WWE Superstar, the Legit Boss, Sasha Banks.
1: Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens.
0: I have Zach Linder. Yeah. damn Black, aka the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're and listening you're, to the show. You're listening to the Masked Man Show.
1: The the Masked Man Show. Man the the man show. The
0: Masked, man the Masked man show. mask man Masked man show. Welcome to the Mask Man Show. I'm your host, David Shoemaker. On the Mask Line right now is a uh, comedian, writer, uh, actor extraordinaire, Mike Lawrence. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming back and doing this. I've missed you. We got a lot to talk about this week. Um, you were just saying before we got on the air about the, that you're, that you're going to be doing some work at Double or Nothing, the big AEW show. But before we get to that, um, the biggest story of the week is a. Uh, uh, I, I feel like we should have a sound of like a fart noise sound effect. Jim, can you work <laughs> on that? Some sort of sad, sad whistle of some sort. Sure. We should have its own loco. <laughs> bow, 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 <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Wild card.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: WWE introduced a new concept, a new a new <coughs> tweak to the uh, brand split model. It's called everything's fine. No, really, it's fine. <laughs> (laughs) Oh man! I mean, listen—we didn't need for all the stories to leak out that say that like the networks were providing pressure to that made this wildcard thing happen. But uh, but uh, you know, it's nice that we had a little bit of confirmation there. So ratings have to set the stage. Ratings have been down. Yes. Um, On the one hand, it's like who gives a fuck about ratings? We've got a multi multiple billion dollars of TV deals already already inked, but only because of the previous ratings. Exactly. So now the ratings are lousy. The universal, I mean, USA Network is complaining that they're not getting good ratings because they have Raw and SmackDown right now. Fox is reportedly really uh, uneasy because they have to launch this giant show and SmackDown ratings are really bad and they have to build off of that. Um, and then there's all this question about star power. You know, you, you see, you know, it's, it, we just had the superstar shakeup that saw, amongst other things, Roman Reigns and AJ Styles swapping places. Roman is now on SmackDown. AJ Styles is on, is on Raw. And you got to imagine that, uh, that on some level they're saying... Will give SmackDown Roman Reigns because Fox will want him or something like that, or Fox has said they want him, whatever. And uh, and now I'm sure USA is like, wait a second, we want Roman Reigns. And not not the Roman Reigns is the is the linchpin of the entire negotiation. But I'm sure every time at this point you're staring down the the this new TV deal. I'm sure every move that you make is going to be scrutinized by both parties, right? Yeah, I mean the the reality to me,
1: because I know a lot of fans are like, who cares about ratings and all of that ratings is all wrestling has it's not good it's not respected advertisers don't want to be a part of it we love it because of some imbalance in our own lives and childhoods (laughs) and you know but it's fun a lot of the time but but the truth is it is not seen as valuable to uh, big companies like fox or nbc without those ratings somehow through all the twists and turns of you know cable and streaming and other uh, ways that we consume media, wrestling has remained somewhat popular and sustained a good amount of the ratings. and And now with the free fall, it has. It has nothing to stand on if it doesn't have those. so they are they are screwed if they can't fix this
0: yeah and you know over the years you've been able to sort of justify the, the various rating slides you know people are cutting cords people are watching different things. Um, there's more channels than there were in the Monday Night Wars era. there's a lot more options out there. But this is, I mean, the ratings of late have just gotten so low that there's not much you can really, there's, there's, not, there's no way to really convince yourself that everything's fine. Yeah, I think this was like Thanos, inevitable. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the sense that
1: everything that's happening now, I think is the result of the problems of the last few years. And even though this mania, I thought was a good course correction of a lot of those previous problems of relying on old timers and not, pushing people and not listening to fans it, the damage was so um
0: extensive that i think this was going to happen no matter what yeah i think that's true just to clarify because we kind of skipped ahead the, the new wild card rule is apparently that four is it four the official number the it was rule three. is very big. 3 3
1: uh, Vince came out and said three, then Lars Sullivan <laughs> showed up, and uh, who Brandon Stroud calls ogre-rated, and it's so funny to me. <laughs> but Lars Sullivan uh, showed up, who looked giant next to people on NXT, but now just looks like a guy. And, yeah. um, and then Vince was like, all right, I'll make it four. So now it's Oop. four, but then also Elias and Shane were there, but they don't count for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so that many, so four, theoretically four wrestlers can, can jump shows each week. And it's, and according to AJ Styles, who was a much better uh, pitch man for the wild card rules than Vince McMahon was, uh, according to AJ on Tuesday, it's whoever gets there first pretty much. Yeah. Like anybody that shows up, the first four people that show up, I mean, which is like, you know, you got to imagine if this were shoot, I mean, if, you know, in, at least in kayfabe, you, you would think that like, you know. Zack Ryder would be eagerly running, you know, running out there at the beginning of SmackDown and challenging for the WWE Championship or something. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of loopholes in the way this whole thing is set up. Yeah, I think Ramblin' Rabbit tried to point this out, and <laughs> then they just fed him to mercy of
1: the buzzard. And yes, yeah, what about Bray? Because they showed the same videos um, both nights, the the, the last three uh, Firefly Funhouses. Yeah, they show them on both nights. So is he? Both branded. They also do the thing. Go ahead. They also do the thing, which I think is, because I I like those segments. I I do want to talk about something positive. I think they're fun. But they do a thing that I don't think works, which is that they show the
0: audience watching them and the audience has no reaction at all. And I think that takes the heat away. That's interesting. Um, I got to tell you, i've said this before on the show and i I don't know if your experience is the same but anytime anything that happens in a live show that is not happening in the ring is the is the most boring thing in the history of mankind oh yeah absolutely yeah even when it's i mean and, and and normally that manifests itself in like the stuff that happens during commercials it's promo packages and be a star packages and whatever else and but even the stuff that's pertinent to the show you know even interviews that are going on backstage it's like it is difficult to concentrate, That I mean, to even pay attention. Um, and so, yeah, showing the crowd watching the Bray Wyatt thing is not, I don't think it's helping anybody. Also, Bray Wyatt is in a parallel universe. You know, he doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be seen, you know, we don't need that second shot, you know. It's it's totally fine for it to be its own little concise thing.
1: Yeah, it's diminishing returns, too. It's yeah. it, It's a lack of realizing that you have a limited audience as the ratings are showing, and they often are watching both.
0: Yeah, it's true. And, and, and I think that what they're doing to answer the question just really straight is that Becky Lynch, uh, even Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt. I mean, anybody that's not at John Cena, anybody that's not on a roster, they're not going to tell you what roster they're on, um, until the moment that they need them. You know, I mean, and some of these people like Becky is straddling too, obviously. So they will, uh, They'll, they'll figure that out sort of at the last minute, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and I heard like the Roman Reigns of it all was that USA was like, well, if you bring Reigns back and he makes Raw a little bit better, then why is he just on SmackDown? He's got to be on both. But I think you're just, yeah, the overexposure and all that. They, I mean, I think the big problem with the superstar, I mean, the, the wild card is that it just didn't feel like a fix. It felt like a way to get through one show, and mm-hmm. and next week they're in the UK, well, and those shows never do as well. And yeah. I don't I don't see how this gets better.
0: Yeah, and and the I mean, I was actually on uh, a different podcast called Cheap Pete briefly today, Mage. and uh, Rosenberg called me and just uh, I I was not expecting to be called, and he was like, "What do you think about the shake-up?" And I kind of went off, but I had, but there's two big problems. I mean, with the wild card, and I had two big problems. One. For all the complaining we do about like starts and stops and in, in storytelling, how, like someone'll start a feud and then they'll pretend that never happened the next week and that sort of thing. I mean this is the biggest problem with the wild card rule is that it is that if it had just been pitched two weeks before it wouldn't it would have been awesome right if it if it had been like, hey, this week in this year for the superstar shakeup, the rule is that like there's no rules. Everybody would have been really excited, right? Or you know, if they had just if they'd presented that as part of the new shakeup instead of doing the shakeup, then the next week switching some of the people who were on the shows, and then like a week or two later, just like everything's out the window. I mean, it just see it just reeks of bad planning, and we all know that planning doesn't. You know that there's some bad planning on WWE, but it's hard to confront it so clearly like this. That's number one. Number two is that the problem with not ha- i mean the, the reason why you have a brand split is to give is so that there's more TV time right for for, for everybody so the, the mid card you know the people that aren't the absolute headliners can have time on TV and every episode is not just Roman Reigns versus you know Seth Rollins or whatever but the problem with the wild card rule is that the the very basis for the storytelling the 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 purpose, the reason why we have a wild card rule is to cram the big stars from every sh- from Raw onto SmackDown and vice versa so we're going to have even less time for the up-and-coming wrestlers, for the non-headliner wrestlers, because every show now is based around the superstars from Raw coming to SmackDown and the superstars from SmackDown coming to Raw.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, in thinking about the the, the current problems with WWE, it's not just that the stories aren't great; it's the way that they tell them. So it's like, okay, so now you know Daniel Bryan's back and he's fighting Kofi Kingston on Raw in a title match but it's like you didn't advertise it there was no build-up to it there's no story it's just a match without context that then had two commercial breaks like it was hard to get any momentum or emotional investment it was a well-worked match between two guys that i'm a big fan of but it's
0: still it's just like this is fine yeah this is fine i mean that's sort of the feeling um the so one upside of this of the uh, wild card rule announcement is it prevented uh, this podcast from starting with my planned opening segment, which is what the fuck is going on with the Usos on Raw. So we'll we can deal with that at a, at a later date. Um, I, think, nice- I I I I feel like that might be Pritchard, ma'am. Like- <laughs> I'm, just taking,
1: I'm taking a guess. I'm a fan of him. I've roasted him, this con- continuation of the roast. But, like, I was like, who was there when they did the Dudley Boys ass cream? Edge and Christian. Like, I mean, it's probably Vince. It's it's definitely Vince, Vince, Vince. But it is, like, this just, it feels like 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I love Roman Reigns. He's gone through a lot recently and thankfully has, you know, earned or, or you know kind of the crowd is re- is giving them the respect that they probably all had for him anyway but you know we're 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 he- we're trending in the right direction for Roman Reigns finally and if in fact the rumors are are true that uh I think this was on cage side seats that Roman Reigns will be heavily featured on both shows going forward that he's going to end up being the the face of this wild card thing um because presumably Vince won't be out there every week he's like the evidence you know he's he's exhibit A that's not going to do anything for his career. That sort of just swallows everything that, that all the, all the goodwill that was built up by WrestleMania and tosses it out the window.
1: And then you have, you know, on top of that, another wild card pun intended is these, uh, Saudi shows, which are, you know, bad for a moral reason, but then bad for a storyline reason. And it's like, well, Goldberg's coming back. You know, people do like Goldberg, but it's like, it's like, they've kind of trained us that those are even more important. like, you know, like that; those are even bigger than mania. That we got a Shawn Michaels in-ring return,
0: which no one thought was going to happen, and it didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other, yeah. Well, I mean, one point that's—I uh, don't know if it's related—but what this just popped in my head when you're talking about legends. They also like project everything. You know, they announced a little that Roman Reigns would be on Raw, I think. And yeah, yeah, they do. And they, and they, you know, they always, they, and they've they've done that for years, right? They they announced you know, the surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble now. You know, they because they, they want you to tune in. The crazy thing, though, now is that it is easier than ever to watch TV at any moment of your life, yeah. right? And the times where I absolutely 100% am watching Raw, or I, watching Raw in real time when it's happening, without fail, are the ones where I get a text message where someone's like, well, it's either a text message, you know, from the inside where someone's like, you got to watch, but more, more, much more frequently, it's a friend who just texts me, holy shit, at like 801 and that's when I'll run i no, no, no matter where I am I will throw on like hulu on my phone and watch it right then on the usa network and they have the ability to use surprise again and they and they're not they're not using it the idea of the of the wildcard thing is fine even if even if the execution were great but if someone su- shockingly turned up on raw you know they had that the ability to do that well that could be a lot more powerful if it was actually a surprise and not just you know Something you saw on Twitter two hours before. Yeah, they've taken
1: away the ability for the fans to decide when a moment is a moment.
0: And now it's like they have to tell you. Yeah, and Meltzer said that they, that they or noted that they didn't even upload any video, like raw videos to the YouTube channel because they want people to watch it live, which is like the, the stupidest form of like like punishing people for That's ag- probably NBC Universal I'm, no, no, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it is, but there's a much easier way to like solve this problem which is to like put on a show that makes that you want to watch live. You know? I mean the you, you have to have surprising things happen, you know? You have to you have to make have people send text messages to their friends saying, "Are you watching Raw right now?"
1: I'm going to throw out an insane idea here, which is that do you think there is a possibility that the um the network special model as we know it dissolves in this panic that like like a fox who hasn't had this product is now getting it for the first time is going to be like so you're using rtv to promote a thing that isn't even on rtv It's on your own network. Do you think
0: that there's a chance of
1: some kind of thing with that? Because it is like
0: we're going to get rid of paper, like the pay-per-view model. Because
1: it is an interesting thing when you think about it that, you know, the Raw's and Smackdown's, I think, get more viewers. But Raw's and Smackdown's are often used to build up and, and essentially
0: advertise an event that is not on those programs. I think it's a really interesting question. It, there, I mean, on the one hand, I would say that I feel like we would have heard something about this if that was even a a, a slight option, um, if they if they had done any of that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you see how, I mean, if you know how they, all if you if you look at all the the safeguards that were not built into the Saudi contract, you know, WWE's just like seeing dollar figures and just agreeing, just saying like, yeah, 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 we'll figure out the details later. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Fox. I mean, and Fox is going to have so much power over um, how many eyeballs get on that show, right? So, I mean, it, it would. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they if they asked for something like that. You know, if they if they somehow got if they you know asked for a little bit more exclusivity on for the big events. I mean, I think if I think it would make a whole lot of sense. But listen, they've been doing. I mean pay-per-views haven't mattered for a while. I don't know that, I mean, to, to the extent that we were, that we grew up watching them and they really mattered, But
1: they're still the main focus on the shows. They in are. I mean, s-
0: and it's from a storytelling perspective, they are. I mean, it just doesn't seem, I mean, I was actually, I was watching SmackDown and wondering and having, and thinking about this and I was like, would I be, would I as representative fan be have been happier, or not happier is not the right word. Would it have been a good move if, with me as the target demographic if Kofi had dropped the title in the main event on Tuesday? If they just to shock us, they had given the belt to AJ Styles or Sami Zayn. Like Sami Zayn would have been interesting, right? I mean, the answer is I think no because I'm so invested in Kofi. But also, I there was no part of me that thought there was any other outcome to that match. So maybe shocking me would have been the right move. I, I just don't know. Someone showing up. I guess the the moral of the story is uh, someone from Raw showing up on SmackDown is not a surprise. Someone from Raw like, winning the title would have been a surprise. And and they're just dealing in all these half measures that don't really get anybody excited.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's funny if it was Zane, they would want you to see that as a push, but we're also the fans like cuz we, you know, I think people uh, wrestling fans are a smarter than they give credit for, and b con- consume things differently than they think. It's like we would be like, "No, you just threw him in a garbage can the day before." <laughs> like that—that that felt like a ratings thing too. You know, like it felt like NBC Universal was like, "Hey, uh, why do we have this guy just crapping on the viewers when we're losing viewers?" And Vince is like, "I'll fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dump exactly. him in the trash." <laughs> exactly. I mean, this could be that could go. I mean, if I, I we'll see what happens next week. That is not a bad read of the situation. Anyway, we have we have uh, um, shat on the wild card thing uh, enough. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited to see my favorite wrestlers. I'm excited to see um, to to see what they could do with this. But could is is different than what they're actually going to expect. Because the whole point of the of the brand split was to make sh- exciting new matchups. You know, once a year. You know, at Survivor Series or when the brands get get ma- get get you know shaken up. And it was, it's really cool that we're going to have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles at Money in the Bank. In a uh, ten days or whatever, um, yeah. And I,
1: I always think it's important, like, because I, I know I complain sometimes, but I think it's important, like, to, to remind people and, and ourselves even that it's like when we do, you know, complain or criticize, it's because we love the product, and, and also I think this is the most talented on an athletic level and even could be um on a personality level if given the chance. Like this this roster is unbelievably stacked. Like there's no reason the show shouldn't be great every week.
0: Yeah, and and I guess that should be the kind of the the last note on this. And many people have made the point that this is that the the rating slide that they're in is sort of the chickens coming home to roost for the business model over the past decade, which was, yeah. you know, an a, an excessive focus on Cena and then Roman Reigns and and just sort of, you know, making the brand bigger than any of the performers. And that never works, not in wrestling, not anywhere in the world. I mean, not in any other sport or or anything else. Um, Nobody goes to see movies because Universal comes up at the beginning of it or whatever. Sorry, Universal. Um, (laughs) And now, you know, that they're... Going through whatever they're going through, there's not, you know, the, you, during the Attitude Era, we tuned in to see Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, we tuned in because you had to hear what joke The Rock was going to make. Um, and they do have the talent to be doing that. They're just they they haven't been given the, the performers haven't been given the platforms over the past several years, and that's and you know, with the exception of a few people, that's that's really what we're feeling right now. Because I I think presentation
1: really does uh matter so much, which 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 has been the same. And and of all the things they are changing with the superstars and this guy on that, it the look and the feel and all of that. And and like I said, the way the stories are being told are are things that aren't being addressed. I mean, like you look at Mania and, and as I was saying, like the, the booking was extremely fan service-y in a great way. Like most of the the choices were the choices that people wanted. We wanted to see Becky win the title and we wanted to see Kofi win the title. And but at the end of the day, if you make the show five and a half hours, um, then people are gonna talk about that more than having their wishes granted. And, you know, this dawning of like a new age in women's wrestling is gonna be overshadowed by a, a botchy finish and exhaustion. <laughs> I feel like if if WrestleMania was four hours, even three and a half, I think that the ratings would be better. I think that the moment, the impactfulness of the moments that we saw didn't mean as much just because of the fatigue.
0: Yeah, we'll leave that there for now. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more in the future. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch gears. I alluded to it earlier. Um, I want to get I want to get to this before we're just like running through to the end of the show. You are an official vice president of All Elite Wrestling. Is that correct? <laughs> just, um, no, All Elite's got a got a big event coming up. Everybody knows that it's called Double or Nothing. It'll be yeah. in Las Vegas, but you're going to be there. Um, yeah, at Starcast 2. At Starcast 2. Tell everybody yeah. what you're
1: doing. I will be on the dais of the. Ric Flair roast. (laughs) That's the greatest thing ever. I am going to try to make someone uh, self-aware who has been avoiding that for 70 years of life.
0: (laughs) Mm. Oh, my gosh. Do you think Ric Flair, I mean, you've done a lot of roasts in your life. Yeah, yeah. So the, maybe this is just a general question about like the about the you know the honorees of these rows but do you think Ric Flair somewhere is like practicing his faces or like do you think he has people giving him ideas of what might be said about him in his presence so that he can like get that out of assist get the reaction out of his system I think he's practicing his blading <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna cut himself every time a joke hits
1: hard um, I, if, he did, if, if he just did the if he just did flip like flop. the, yeah, the <laughs> flop every time there's a good joke <laughs> yeah Um, no, I, I think no one, like as as someone who's like, you know, ridden on them and stuff, um, and, and helps prep people to do them like that aspect of it, not just being a roaster myself, like no one's ever fully ready for it. They say they are. And then they're always like, Oh man, I didn't know what this was going to (laughs) be. But I mean, he's, he's a guy I tweeted like this last week, like, the toughest thing about roasting a wrestler is that most of the
0: setups are funnier than any punchline you can think of. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. And he's you know, you know, he's Ric Flair. He's always going to be Ric Flair, but he's also like suffered for. I mean, we we all saw the thirty for thirty. Like he's he's yeah. gone through a lot of shit, and not just the his ill his you know illness. Um it's everything. But, just, yeah. but he's just he suffered a lot for. I mean, and for his gimmick, you know, too. I mean, he's he's run through all the money he had any number of times and you know whatever like he's he's it's it's been (laughs) it's not just the style and profiling so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what you guys do i mean you're right the jokes in some ways write themselves but to those perfect jokes that i that i've you know that i know you can make um that requires a little bit more digging
1: i I do want to say to to wrestling fans if you have not seen i don't know david have you ever seen the celebrity wife swap Episode of Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Roddy, Roddy
0: Piper. I totally forgot about
1: that. It's it's unbelievable um, because uh, Ric Flair has to, um, Piper's wife, I think her name was uh, Kitty. um, She comes to North Carolina with him for the week and, and tries to teach him how to be like a husband and a dad. Yeah. And it's amazing. They go to the grocery store and he's like, but people will just recognize me the whole time. And so the, she gives him a disguise. Do, do you remember this? It is, yes, it's a very vague not,
0: memory. I'm looking at it
1: right now. It's like black sunglasses <laughs> and the worst mustache that you've ever seen. It just it just looks like, like if Ric Flair was auditioning to be a guy in the Guess Who game. It's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This yeah. is so fantastic. He
1: looks like the one guy
0: who thought the wild card was a good decision. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He looks like with the white with the white hair, yeah. baseball cap, sunglasses, hoodie, and mustache. He looks like like every man of a certain age in my like Italian neighborhood of Brooklyn. This is I mean, it's yeah. just it is a really incredible look.
1: Yeah, he looks like you you'd imagine the villain to be in the Soul Asylum runaway train video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is really fantastic stuff. It's gonna be a Ron Funch's comedy show as well. Um, it's going to be, yeah, super fun. I did the first one. Like I said, I got to roast Bruce Pritchard. That was amazing. This is going to be even bigger.
0: What do you, uh, do you have anything you have from, all, from Double or Nothing, the, the actual event, which is, by the way, once again, May 25th, uh, that you're super excited about?
1: I, I am so excited about AEW. I love, um, I, I got to see All In. I got to be there um i watched it with Meltzer, which was like amazing <laughs> it's like watching a bad movie with one of the mystery science theater robots that's fantastic like, it was yeah it was cool he was just mumbling out star ratings uh <laughs> <laughs> and um no it was awesome i love one i love the ethical nature of AEW. i i think that's something people need to be talking more about the health insurance shit like that if you the John Oliver piece made you feel the way you should have. Like, that's a reason to support AEW. Mm-hmm. And I'm a story guy. I'm a promo guy. I'm loving the uh, Cody and Dustin stuff. I think it's a cool thing. But then I also love, like, a lot of, you know, the newer people they have.
0: I, I think it's going to be a great show. Yeah, the Cody and Dustin videos—we talked about that on the show last week. It's really just incredibly. I mean, they've been doing really good stuff, and and everything on. I mean, everything up and down the card. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. The Bucks versus uh, the Lucha Bros is going to be, or has the potential to be, just freaking fantastic. Omega Jericho, um, obviously. Uh, Hangman Page versus Pac. Oh, sorry, Full Gear Adam Page versus Pac is uh, is really excited too. I just saw by the way today they signed Angelico and Jack Evans to AEW, which is. I mean, in some ways, uh, not terribly surprising, I guess. But Angelico is just such a fucking stud. The fact that he's not already getting a gigantic push in WWE—I mean, he might have just—they might have offered and he turned them down. I don't know the backstory there, but um, he is—he is just so cool. And Jack Evans is amazing too. Jack Evans is just a little bit more, to my mind, like a straight-up, you know, cruiserweight. But I remember him um, on Wrestling Society X—one of the great experiments in pro wrestling ever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah, but there but those guys will be I mean, you could put them as a as a top tier team in this tag division right off the bat and they're they're freaking incredible. But anyway, that's going to be a lot of fun. The weekend before double or nothing. Um there's a thing called money in the bank that WWE is doing. Yep. Um some people may have heard of this. We we talk about it because every week I keep thinking it's next it's this coming Sunday and it never is. In fact, it's as you pointed out going to be the same night as the Game of Thrones finale.
1: Yeah, I was saying, yeah, as if WWE didn't understand their audience. Even like fat guys with neck beards. Like we're <laughs> we're we're we know what we're choosing. Hmm, the storylines that, that culminate in uh eight years or uh
0: three weeks. I don't know. The yeah. tough choice. Um, I mean, I'm gonna
1: watch both the same night. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna watch both the same night too, but I will be watching. Uh, I will be watching Game of Thrones live. So uh, if I have to tap out of wrestling for a few for an hour and a half to do that, that's uh, that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff happening. This is actually one of the most loaded cards in recent memory, WrestleMania included. Yeah, it's um, not a. It's it's a pretty good card. Uh, we got Samoa Joe versus Mysterio. We have um, Miz versus Shane in the Steel Cage. Um, Roman Reigns versus Elias, the two Money in the Bank matches. Of course, we got Rons versus Styles, uh, and then Kingston versus Owens for the two big titles. And then Becky Lynch is wrestling twice um, against Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown title and Lacey Evans for the Women's Championship. What what are you most excited about?
1: I would say I am always excited about seeing Dominic carry Ray on his shoulders again. Uh, it's my favorite <laughs> favorite thing in wrestling. It it is amazing to me. It looks like like Paul Bunyan next to his dad. Like it's <laughs> like he's got to make him flapjacks or something. I think that um I mean from a work rate standpoint, I, I yeah, I think Rollins and AJ is going to be incredible. Um and I mean the money in the banks are always fun. You know, who knows who'll win.
0: Yeah, I mean, we ha- It seems to me like the Money in the Banks. I, I, this is a very minor complaint, but the, but both Money in the. I mean, the, there's a lot of great talent in there. Uh, it'll be really. It's always interesting to see where they go. Um, the the I don't know. There's the 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 men's side doesn't feel like quite there. Like I want I want another wild card, or I want I just wanted something a little bit. I don't know, I don't know what I wanted. But I think, and also, it's you know we have like we said a stacked card. You know, it Vince would have been, is going to take that sound clip. By the way, see, he said he wants another wild card. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Um, but yeah, but but and on the you know the women's side is is you know there's there's a lot of great performers in there. But you know we'll we'll see we'll see. I'm not, I mean that for this is the first money. I mean the matches are going to be the matches stand on their own. You know it's going to be yeah. it's always fun to see what they do. You're right.
1: I mean looking at who's in like the the men's Money in the Bank. I mean. I mean, that's the thing when we talk about that stacked roster. Like, Ali and Ricochet are just going to be... You know, Andrade, like, they're going to be incredible in this. Uh, you know, Orden's going to do his Orden thing. Um, I guess if I had to pick someone in that, it feels like they want to... I mean, everyone feels like they have to be reheated. Like, who gets to go into the microwave? Um, I guess McIntyre?
0: Yeah, McIntyre's a good bet. Um I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Finn. I mean, just in terms of, but I don't know that he needs it. He's got the IC title, and and uh, it's pretty easy to, to fantasy book him to the top of the card.
1: The other question is always who will have the most fun with it. And, yeah, and Andrade, I think, would be incredible with it. I would yeah. love to see Andrade be the one who gets it.
0: I always say it's it's who who I I have to I have to be able to imagine them carrying it around for yes. a year or even for a day. I mean, whatever. But but if that's going to be the gimmick, I, I want to do that. Now, I I hate to say it, but like. Baron Corbin is the person who like aesthetically would look uh, most normal carrying a briefcase oh, no. around for you
1: uh, I, um, I, I know it's cliche I just he makes me feel nothing yeah he looks like the guy who beats me up for still liking wrestling <laughs> um, that should be that should be a gimmick that should be a gimmick <laughs> he goes into the crowd uh, The 316 shirt get over yourself your parents just, are getting back together
0: yeah, basically, it's just like what Sami Zayn is doing now, except <laughs> if someone just comes to the ring every week and just talk, and just make a big bully comes to the ring and makes fun of you for watching television. Just like go outside, do some push ups, do something with your life. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you on Corbin. I admire what he's doing, and he's actually a, he's very talented. I just think that that I don't know, whatever they whatever they see in him is not what they're conveying to the rest of us, and that's you know that's sort of a, a blanket problem. What do you think they're going to do with Becky Lynch? Do you think do you think we're going to end up schmozing our way out of one of the two matches? Do you think is she I mean is she really going to like open and close the show? What do you, what what what's your expectation there?
1: I feel like they booked her and Lacey and was like that that can't be just it. We got to do more. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think Lacey is is getting better but isn't there yet. So I feel like that That might open, and then it's like, okay, here's the big match, her and Charlotte, you know, logical thing. I mean, I got a a broken record, but it is like, you know, Rousey was the focus, then she's gone, hasn't even been mentioned again, and it's like, okay, so now they're just picking up the scraps, but... I, I do think maybe there's a schmozzy thing with someone running in, maybe that's the thing that happens. Maybe Lacey or somebody has a, a new heel they bring in to help. Maybe a Shayna Baszler. That could be a thing. But um otherwise I see Becky just winning clean. It, it, she's too she's one of the like bright spots and, and I know that she gets the big pop. You you gotta keep her uh hot for a while, I think.
0: Yeah, I hear that. It also wouldn't surprise me even a tiny bit if they just somehow found a way to just like flip the title onto Charlotte without them actually, without them really fighting, without you know, without Becky having to suffer a clean loss just to get the women's belt back on SmackDown. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I I uh, I, I hope that they keep going with Becky. Although it feels like well, I don't know if they know quite what they're doing. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Um. I, yeah. i I mean. Listen. That I mean, that's the part that intrigues me the most. But 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 part of that's just I mean, a lot of that's just the backstage stuff. Just to see how they're going to like format the show, to see how you know what what story they're going to tell with all that. Um, the head writer of Raw, or lead writer of Raw, Ryan Callahan, got fired. They've been firing a lot of writers lately. There yeah. seems like there's been a lot of issues with uh, that. I think the, that's the, the ratings. ratings. I think that's just trying to find a scapegoat,
1: trying to blame. I I don't think that Vince can have accountability, and so someone's going to take the fall.
0: Yeah, that's true. There was another story about um, which I just I just can't get enough of about um, Jen Pepper or Jennifer Pepperman, who's a member of the the writing team. Oh, I and love this story so much. <laughs> she so she is a she directed a directed soap a, a soap opera on Amazon yeah. Prime called After Forever won a daytime Emmy for it. And then proceeded to bring her daytime Emmy to work, which, by the way, I would do one hundred percent. And she put it down on the table of like the writers' meeting or whatever. And who knows? I mean, there's no story, there's no version of this story that's been told that made that that makes me believe that she was doing it in a sort of an even like a humorous way. I mean, she might have just had it was like, look what I got. I'm happy about this, dudes. But. Even if she did it as just like a hilarious joke of like, I'm putting my award here and putting my feet up on the table and leaning back. That's fine. That's that's the most normal thing in the world. But of course, she got a lot of heat for it. Everybody's on her case now for, I don't know, her her hubris. And uh, and she's got a lot of backstage There was one funny note in, um, I think, that Meltzer had that Vince... Uh, this is the, this is the direct quote. Vince just laughed it off because he was so busy making so many changes. But otherwise, it was the talk backstage. So apparently, Vince is so busy rewriting Ron's SmackDown scripts that he doesn't care about the this sort of petty interpersonal drama. But uh, I have my own theory uh, about this story. Go ahead. I think that the travel
1: schedule is so brutal that they asked her to come straight in. She didn't get to go home. She had the Emmy with her because I heard that she flew back with the Emmy in mm-hmm. coach uh, <laughs> its own baller move and um, and was just like fuck it you know I I don't get to go home I got Miami you know what I'm gonna put it up here
0: yeah that's a good point I'm, I'm kind of surprised I'm kind of surprised you leave with your daytime Emmy that they don't just like <laughs> ship it to your house or something like that but anyway but 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 presuming assuming that that was like her only option that actually makes a lot of sense you, I mean you're not gonna like let it out of your sight that's your that's that's a it's an Emmy I mean, I think the bigger news
1: is that WWE has a female writer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bigger shock to me—an Emmy award-winning female writer. I, I mean, know. Come on. It's it's That's amazing great. too. Like I just imagine she stares at that Emmy at work the same way that Homer stares at his
0: "Do It For Her" poster with Maggie, <laughs>
1: on, <laughs> just to get through a day.
0: Oh man! And uh, one more thing before we get out of here. Yeah. Alan Cheapshot is one of one of the all time great uh, wrestling Twitter followers. If you don't oh, follow yes. him already, A L L A N underscore Cheapshot, but Senator did put a thread together of crazy Vince McMahon stories this week. Did you see this? This is what I, I love.
1: We- I, I love that you guys did give me a prep sheet, but you brought this up like almost feeling like you knew I'd seen. The- <laughs> It's because it's the it's incredible. Oh yeah, I I fucking love that. I've seen this and I've told other people to look at it. Yeah, it's the best. the The AOL conversation. Have you? Did you read that? Yes. Oh my so god. He,
0: he was doing an AOL chat. I gotta scroll to in nineteen ninety eight. Um, in ninety, oh God, in nineteen ninety eight. All right, so he's doing an AOL web chat. Web chat, official term, in nineteen ninety eight. Due to some technical issues, no one could send... This is the quote from the tweet. No one could send in questions in the second half, and Vince just started typing to himself. <laughs> yes. Hello, everybody. This is in all caps, of course. Hello, everybody. Got a <laughs> cup of coffee in my hand. Getting ready to train in an hour. Let's do it. This is an example of, of how we do this. Someone, uh, The question was, who would you like to see represent WWF as their champion? He said, Bob Backlund. However, Mr. Backlund is too old. That's a great answer. Uh, is Sid coming back? His answer was, I hope not. <laughs> Why is Raw taped week after week? Raw is live at least twice per month, soon to be more. Vinnie Mac, what are your concerns now that the Warriors, so the Warriors joined WCW? Vin says, none. Who's left at WCW can take? San Sammartino? I mean, this is just some great, just great material here. You can You can probably recycle some of this. This is is a good one. This should have been in the history books. Mr. McMahon, are you and Bret Hart in cahoots against WCW? And his response is, Bret is my secret agent, however not a very good one, exclamation point. Yeah, just really incredible stuff.
1: I I like the secret agent joke. He's he's like, Bret's my secret agent. That's funny, but I didn't hurt anyone's feelings. Not (laughs) a very good one. (laughs) There we go.
0: Now it's a joke. Oh (laughs) my god. He's such um,
1: oh man. It's 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 beautiful. Like me me and I know friend of the show, Saint Germain, we're talking about how like Vince is the only one who could have gotten wrestling to where it is, but the only
0: one who could push it this far off. <laughs> 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 That's about right. That's about right. I mean, just this little stuff about his personality. There, there's a story about him, him and Linda playing what, pool or something against Triple H and Stephanie. And the the match got incredibly testy. It was supposed to be just a fun, like, whatever game. And, of course, he made it very competitive. And then Stephanie and Triple H won just on a total fluke. But Vince got so mad that he, like, stormed off, refused to talk to anybody. And then Stephanie later that night called to taunt him on the intercom, the home intercom, you know, that all rich people have, and started singing, You're Tied to the Whipping Post, Dad. And Stefan Triple H said they could hear him literally screaming in anger on the other side of the house. That's <laughs> that's just something that I hope that the document I mean that the, the the biopic about him has that scene in it. That's the Dark really Side of the Ring episode about that <laughs> incident. <laughs> oh man, we gotta talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Okay, everybody read this twitter this Twitter thread if you can. There's we in my interpretive reading does not do it justice. Um, but uh it's it's incredibly funny and it's that's why the Twitter was invented. So go give Alan a cheap shot your clicks. Um let me see what else uh, so dark side of the ring, yeah, I love Gino Hernandez back in the day um he was just a perfect he was a perfect heel, I mean just such a cocky heel, and he had got just massive amounts of heat. he had that it whatever it is it just I mean in Texas he was like he was he was just like an evil rock star I mean he was just incredible just for for his that short period of time when he was on top what what did you learn from the documentary?
1: I mean, I didn't think that they did enough about him as a wrestler and why he mattered I thought it was a decent story you know it basically was people thought he was murdered it turns out it was just cocaine because it's Mm. the 80s yeah it felt it it wasn't a great episode and I really there's some episodes I, I absolutely adore it felt like just anything you could watch on a true crime show I mean it was the best in terms of journalism in that they helped unearth some answers for the mom and and I like that closure of it but it just kind of stayed on the same note and it was just like it was fine but it didn't leave me wanting to be a bigger fan of Gino Hernandez I think even two to three more minutes of clips about him and, and why he's important could have helped
0: yeah I mean it was a really brief moment in time and, and obviously yeah. overshadowed by what WWF was doing at the time in, in terms of like the broad wrestling world but man he was he was a supernova, and part of that—the the mystery of his death—just kind of comes from, you know, the the tragedy of the Von Ericks and and everything else that was happening down there, and just sort of the out the, the the degree to which they had these outside outsized lives in in those territories that that you know WWE was already cartoon, but and you know when I grew up when I watched you know Hernandez I believed every bit of it and uh, and. You know the, the the mysteries about his death just made all just made tons of sense because you know he was you know he he had like a random photo of, of him was snapped with Farrah Fawcett and that became one of the central parts of his character right that, that everybody thought that he was dating some Hollywood celebrities and that he was this big you know this just this real superstar and uh, he's always in these fancy cars and has these nice clothes and and yeah so when he dies it's like cocaine just kind of seems too boring you know I mean it's even even yeah. though it's a big deal it just seems like you know, he he couldn't have just been like like doing a party drug. He had to be like involved on the business side and angering mob bosses and like whatever else. You know, it's it's a it's 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 a sort of incredible way that these stories take a take on a life of their own. <laughs> I'm glad that they that they put that to rest. A great wrestler died in a boring
1: way. And a boring wrestler died in a great way. Dino Bravo, uh, <laughs> season two, baby. <laughs> this, oh was it like gosh. over cigarettes and shit? Well, cigarette trafficking. Cigarette yeah, <laughs> Come on, give me that episode. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! Yeah, I just also we... think
1: like Gino Hernandez episode. It's like it, nothing was going to follow that Von Erichs one. That nah, me and Dan just quote it to each other all the. There's no better line than it doesn't take guts to die, Daddy. It takes <laughs> guts to live. <laughs> you can't top that. It's the best.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> the polar, true, bear man. the <laughs> polar bear story. The polar bear story is incredible.
1: Moolah, I, I am very interested in that one. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see because I know some, I don't know at all. And I watched the preview and they show a lot of the women that went through it talking about it. And, and I think that, it's a story that deserves more light to be shined on it, so it'll be fascinating.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they have on that one, um, just because it's a uh, yeah. There's there's that's the, the way the story has been told has been certainly incomplete. So we'll see what we'll see what uh, they do with that. I feel
1: like they just haven't talked about it until now, we had to wait for women's wrestling to get good to talk about how bad it used to be. <laughs> like you couldn't like talk about like man, it's so immoral what Mula did as bras and panties matches are happening, you know, <laughs> and lingerie pillow fights. Like okay now it's athletic and they're equal and great what the fuck used to happen Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> yep yeah. yeah I mean I just encourage everybody when they watch it to I mean if if it if it is as damning about Moolah as it could conceivably be just remember that that was not the only instance of that kind of shit going on in pro wrestling back then yeah. you know don't, I mean, don't blame her blame the spider lady yeah <laughs> I think don't hate the player, hate, hate the game is what I was going for, but that 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 works too. It's wrestling. Um, we all hate the game. Yeah, get yes, yes. That's a great way to bring it full circle. Um, <laughs> one last note, but the, the Dino Bravo story is incredible. My favorite yeah. thing about that, and this is about just any time this catchphrase is used or this phrase is used in any kind of uh, you know murder story, any true crime story that you read, is that he was killed execution style. Yeah. When execution style is like, okay, I don't mean to make light of the situation at all, but it just makes everything seem so much more significant when someone was murdered execution style. Even though that just they were just murdered, you know, I mean, like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what position you were in before your life was taken. It's a tragedy either way. But it sure, it's it, it, it it's really, it's really incredible stuff. Get um,
1: one last question about the Geno thing. Do you think that it was a bigger deal than in that? Modern wrestling fans are just desensitized to seeing their heroes pass away at an early age. Was it? Was it because that was what eighty six? Yeah. Was it just a lot less common back then? I'm I'm guessing for wrestler well, to just go. He,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Obviously, in Texas, uh, you know, yeah, the Von Eric. Th- yeah. There were some tragedies down there, and I think that was you know that was it was kind of subsumed under that a little bit. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it was, it, it was less common. And also there you know, I mean, just general like any kind of celebrity death was dealt with this, like just incredible salacious gravity, you know, that, that it was, um, you know, cocaine kind of had that like ominous cloud, even just, just cocaine, the, the ominous cloud of like AIDS or whatever back in the day, you know I mean? It was yeah. all of this just sort of like you were killed by demons and, uh yeah I mean it was it was a big deal and also I mean and and but I think just in general, the whole premise is that I mean, it's what I've started my career writing about is that you know we look at these people as superstars. It's not like a regular athlete, you know, and these people are are superheroes, they're they're gods and and they in the, in the sort of the the entire our entire fandom is based on the fact that they are better than us mere mortals, you know that, that they shouldn't be. Able to be killed that way, but they also shouldn't be victim to human foibles like that, and, and it's just hard to kind of wrap your mind around. Well, you know, um, uh,
1: WrestleMania is the showcase of immortals who die in their 30s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's
0: great. We're never this show is never gonna run again, so <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. Um, anything you want to plug before we get out of here, man? Um, yeah, I just the StarCast 2, um, just
1: you know, come out, and I think all of the roast is gonna be on the fight app. Um, I know Dan Soder is going to be on it also. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe, Jen Decker. um, Just a lot of great comics. Yeah. St. Germain. um, Yeah. Funches is hosting. I mean,
0: it's going to be incredible. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be really great. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Um, for having me. Next week, we will have an entirely uplifting episode of uh, the Masked Man Show. Jim, you got to hold me to that. I won't be here you're not going to be here <laughs> no I'm going to Alaska not to do the polar bear thing but I am going to Alaska so. Jim's not going to be here already <laughs> more uplifting <laughs> yeah oh there you go gosh <laughs> you have to do the polar bear thing thinking oh. about it Yeah. if we'll I go with happens. you will you do it with me <laughs> oh yeah definitely all right Von Eric polar bear special <laughs> next week on the masked man show we will see you back wait apologies to John Moxley we'll see you back here next week human. <laughs> we are desperately out of time the tape machines are rolling we'll see you next week on the masked man show I love Roman Reigns. This is fine. Yeah, this is fine. I'm going to go to In-N-Out now and get my burger execution style.